This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I am on with Aaron Zach, the youngest NFL sports agent in the history of the NFL, which I actually should have been drafted in. At 48, I'm still undrafted. So uh, Aaron runs a company called Revolving Mind Media. They a lot of top-notch partnerships and sponsorships with top athletes and look forward to having them on and having us give a, get a crash course here in uh, how to get involved in this, uh, this category. So uh, Aaron, good to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to chat with you today. Awesome. So, you know, maybe take us back to starting as a sports agent and then, you know, as you were kind of coming out of saying, should I be a sports agent or should I basically handle the marketing and sponsorship side, you know, the, the, the convergence or like the growth of entertainment and sports and athletes as brands. Yeah, no. Um, so I started off, I was trying to decide when I was going to college, if I was going to go the sports medicine or sports management route. Um, I knew I wanted to be around a football field and I didn't have the athletic ability. So I had to get on the football a different way. And so my passion was always on the business side. Um, so I took the sports management route, what was a major in uh, sports management at the University of Texas in Austin. And I secured an internship leaving my freshman year, going into my sophomore year with the second largest NFL sports agency in the Southwest. Uh, Unpaid intern for two years, really had to just grind to make it in the world of sports. Uh, So many individuals want to make it, but they don't understand what goes into it. So I I put in the time um, over a two-year time period. The whole focus was to become an agent. Uh, I knew I wanted to become an agent since I was the age of 12 or 13. Uh, like I said, I consider the sports medicine route, but it was always the business side for me. I was throughout my sophomore and junior years, worked for this agency and took a small hiatus to work for Fox Sports. The media side was not my thing. And I continued on to become the youngest agent in the business, like you mentioned. And right around that time, the previous agency wanted me to stay in my previous roles, which was running events and doing marketing. And I launched Revolving Mind Media shortly after leaving the agency. I said, this is my passion. Um, and this is, I'm just going to go out and get it. Um, brought a few clients over with me. And my passion is helping these athletes secure long-term wealth. That's the mm-hmm. bottom line. I'm trying to put as much money in my clients' pockets as possible. And I will only work with the player directly. I will focus on businesses that they are interested in. Um, and I'll never push a deal that they don't, if they don't drink soda, they're not going to partner with Coca-Cola, right? That's my mentality since I was really 18 years old in the industry is creating unique and authentic relationships. And I create a lot of unique partnerships that focus on equity and stock that most companies focus on cash deals. And I look at this as that long-term wealth mentality. So that's a little bit from my journey into kind of where we are today with Revolving Mind Media. Yeah, so in, in the health club industry, there were a number of deals, uh, I'd say probably about 15, 20 years ago, you know, where Magic Johnson put his name on 24-hour fitness locations. Jeter did that in New York. You know, so there's been some of that from a branding standpoint. Um, you know, it seems to me over the last five years that a lot of athletes and celebrities have started to take equity stakes. I think there's a great, you know, like the body armor. Uh, was that with Kobe, I guess? You know, he netted like $200 million. Um, and then vitamin water back in the day with 50 cent, you know, so j- just from a, take, take it from the other side for a minute, you know, if I'm a company and I want to enter into a, uh, a marketing relationship or I want to either give or sell equity to an athlete, like what kind of diligence 
do they do besides just knowing somebody? Cause you know, that, that brand is a person and that person, you know, like we, we had a CrossFit class, um, uh, last night for our Halo Academy, you know, one tweet kind of like destroys a person's brand. So, you know, how do you think about that and how do you negotiate with someone to say, Hey, look, here's a background check on this guy or, or woman, yeah. or you know, how do you think about that? Yeah, no, great question. So number one, the guys that work with me, there's a couple main things that I look for and it's number one, how they carry themselves as well as timeliness. I, when I was 18, I was working on a deal and the client was two hours late and it was a, a six-figure deal. And I was like, I can't, I can't work under this situation. So I work with the individuals that are really focused in building their portfolio. If they're only focused on playing football, they're not my client. Um, and so I'm very big on the analytics side. So when a business, in your scenario, uh, we look at their analytics of their social media platforms to understand their age range of who... Who, who's following Jalen Smith of the Cowboys? Um, what is that age range? How much are they, um, you know, what are the impressions? What are the likes looking like? Are the likes converting to clicks back to websites? So we're big on the analytics side, but I would also say we do a lot of due diligence on the business side. We're, if we're going to do an equity deal, we're looking at every number in the books as well as a five-year projection plan and what that exit strategy is. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think the due diligence is really goes on both sides of the table. Um, and that's really what I excel in and I enjoy doing is diving into the business side um, and how they're growing. I would say the, a lot of the deals that we're doing nowadays are smaller startups. Um, it's not going with the Gatorades and the Yo Plays and the Coca-Colas. It's going for the fastest growing cryotherapy business. It's going in the health and wellness side. It's the healthier drinks, um, not the Red Bulls, right? It's getting a little more creative with individuals entering the marketplace. And especially during this nature of the world we're in right now with COVID, there's so much more time being spent on social media. Um, so these businesses are trying to hit millions of new followers, hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. And going through the athlete and influencer category is really, truly helping businesses right now. So that, I hope that answered your question properly. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, you know, la layering on to that, you know, obviously, you know, take Jalen Smith as an example, you know, during the season, the guy's not, you know, going to be as available, you know, to do cameo appearances or to be on a Zoom call or, you know, what have you. So when, when you think about, maybe educate us on, you know, here's what I'm going to give, you know, what do I get? Yeah, no. So during our off season is my craziest time. So we pre-record a lot of content um, during the off season to schedule out during season, but Jalen is not the normal individual. He is involved in all email co correspondence with businesses. If there's a deal that is coming to fruition, he speaks for himself and is on every conference call. I'll schedule them on his off day on Tuesday, and he still does work in the evening. So he's the ultimate entrepreneur. I think he has equity in 19 businesses at the age of 25. So he is the outsider of the normal athlete. But the guys I work with, they have their own voice. They need to speak for themselves. They're not playing football forever. But, you know, that's what we're doing right now is during offseason, we pre-recorded a good amount of content that we can filter throughout the season to oblige by contract obligations. Um, but we'll also get like we have a video shoot on Tuesday, which is Jalen's day off. And we'll just stagger them in 13 minute, 30 minute intervals to obtain the content needed uh, gotcha. to apply for contracts. So, so if you take a look at, let's make an analogy and use um, 
you know, a Disney brand, as an example. You know, they'll say to one company, right, you can use these Disney characters or logos on a pair of socks. Somebody else gets a pair of shorts. Somebody else gets the hat. Somebody else gets the water bottle. So, you know, when you go to, a, you know, someone like Jalen Smith or, or one of the other clients, do you kind of lay out and say, hey, look, there's like 25 distinct product categories or types of companies. And do you do do they go exclusive on a category or is that more open ended? It depends on the area. Um, so like for the health and wellness space, Jalen is in the cryotherapy. There's other but there's not. He's never really pigeonholed outside of his Adidas deal. Um, for the most part, it's typically open-ended, but Jalen's never going to enter two businesses in the same marketplace. Um, mm -hmm. And he's different because he identifies who he wants to work with rather than, hey, these are 25 categories. Uh, I would say most of my conversations with my clients, I dive into understanding five to seven verticals of their interests. And that's who myself and my team are reaching out to as well as we're being contacted. But we really hone in on, on average, five to seven verticals. Um, and that's just what we stay in our lane with. You know, with another client of mine with, is Kawhi Leonard. We just started working with him a handful of months ago when he moved out to L.A. That kind of opened up his portfolio because he stripped everything except New Balance after he left San Diego. And I'm focused on he loves pets. He loves health and wellness. And he loves headphones. So the music industry, I have these three verticals and that's his interest. And that's what I'm focused on. So it's a little different than such a diverse, hey, these are 25 different categories. We really hone in on um, five to seven. Well, what's your thoughts on some of these leagues? You know, I was watching The Last Dance, uh, you know, with Jordan, the documentary. And, um, you know, he basically draped the American flag over his uh, Reebok logo when he was accepted the gold medal because... You know, he's a Nike guy through and through. Yep. So, you know, I see every now and again, I can't remember the last time I saw it, but, you know, somebody's wearing like the Beats headphones, but, you know, the NBA or somebody's got an a exclusive deal with, with Bose. So, like, the guy's got to wear like, you know, like duct tape on, on, on the front of it, on, on the front, which is a little bizarre. You know, how do you feel about or like what's the current thinking being like, hey, I am who I am and, okay, I'll respect like the, the, physical boundaries of like what you've sold, you know, on your behalf as a league or as a stadium versus, Hey, once I hit the parking lot, like I'm me. Yeah. The guys are very strategic. We'll use the headphone example. Um, the headphones are exclusivity um, for said brand while on the football field, but we all know as they're entering the stadium, the cameras are glued to them. So that's when they're going to wear their endorsed product or during interviews, that's when they'll wear, wear a shirt with a different brand. They, we get a little creative on how we can obtain that content and get the visibility for the brand. We have to understand that there's no Dallas Cowboys without the NFL and so on filtered down to the players. So we obviously have to respect what the NFL partnerships with Bose and Gatorade, et cetera. But you know what? They get to wear their own shoe brand on the football field, even though the Nike logo or who, whatever it is on each sport realm um, has on the jersey. Um, so it's just a lot of creativity. Um, they also, like, for example, I had a client that had a, a little massage thing for his leg. It was a, a little compression therapy. Well, the contract says 90 minutes before game time. So what did 
my client too. He got out there an hour, uh, 120 minutes before game time, had, a, had the Cowboys photographer obtain images of him on the football field still before the game. So there's little workarounds um, mm-hmm. and it's just finding those little pockets. So we use this, uh, this, this follow-up email reminder called like followup.cc. So okay. remind ourselves, do you, something, do you have like a CRM with a revolving mind that like, you know, once a guy on GPS like hits the parking lot, it'd be like, hey man, change your headphones, change your, shirt, your socks and change your cleats. Nope, none of it. <laughs> uh, no, thankfully my guys, I don't have to babysit them. They know uh, their contracts. I give them, I have my weekly calls with them on what we have to oblige for contract purposes. My guys are very in tune. Um, they don't have hundreds of businesses. It's typically five to 10 Jalen's again has 19 plus. Um, but no, they, they really look at it as their own business and they are their own business. Um, and then they agree to this partnership. So they know what they have to do and they're adults. So no, I, 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 when I first got into the industry, I was babysitting and right. out at the bars till late and trying to be around these guys. I don't do any of that anymore. And uh, I was telling David earlier that, you know, now everything is referral based for me. Um, the way sure. I got to J- the, the way I got to Jalen was I was making the six round pick more money than him. How did I get the six round pick? I was making the undrafted guy more money. So it's all been referral based. Um, Kawhi's agent has been watching what I've been doing for the past three and a half years. It was a long relationship. Would have never predicted that he was going to be out in LA. Uh, but it's really just, I focus on myself and the work that I'm doing. And the rest is just going to come. And it has, thankfully. So there's clearly been a wave of individual investors getting involved in companies, whether it's, you know, Wahlberg at, at F45 or whether it's um, like Tonal, they got four or five athletes. You know, what, have you seen somewhat of a paradigm shift where companies have the guts to ask you to write, to have your client write a check versus, you know, you know, saying, Hey, look, why don't you give me free equity or I'll give you free equity or I'll give you, you know, X thousand dollars a month where they say, Hey, look, I'll give you that, but you got to write a check. Yeah. And I actually like that. I think it builds a true authentic partnership and it shows that my clients buying into their business just as the business is buying into them. I would say that we've done it in different tiers where we'll do X percent for equity, but then they also have to open X number of locations of say cryotherapy, for example. So each cryotherapy business costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's a different way that they're buying in, they're expanding, but the business is also buying in. So I think it's like, you know, just like a marriage, right? You both have to put in the work and show that you're there for each other. And that's kind of what I see in in this world as well. Um, I actually think that when businesses have the guts to ask for capital, it means that they truly believe in their business and they need a little bit extra to get to that next level. And my clients know that their platforms can help take them to the next level. And if it's, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to get them where they need to be, my clients are all ears um, because, and we have a handful of deals right now that they're being gifted X, X percent, but to get to this amount, they have to invest X number of dollars. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. All right. So let me ask you an uncomfortable question because we got to talk about it. So there's companies out there that have been doing the wrong thing, whether it's, their products got a defect, like, you know, a, a Bridgestone tire um, or like Volkswagen. And they, you know, have been messing with the emissions um, or, you know, they, they got a, a racial, um, you know, prejudice issue. 
And they're trying to basically solve that by, you know, like Shaq becoming like the spokesperson for Papa John's after, you know, the CEO went on a, a tirade, which was completely ridiculous yep. uh, and, and, and unacceptable. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, Shaq is getting paid, you know, to basically, you know, endorse that company to try to make it right or try and change people's perception or for the company to say, well, you can't say that anymore about me because Shaq's my brand ambassador. So how do you think about it? How do you pitch it to your client, your, to, to your athletes? And like, what's their preconceived notion? And are they willing yeah. to like serve in that role? It's an awesome question. Um, And I actually haven't had this situation happen. I haven't had businesses come at me. They've either had other athletes under their portfolio. Um, So I've never even thought of that being an angle, but it's totally out there 100% and you see it, right? Um, I'll tell you one of my, uh, Jalen, for example, let's let's use him again because we've been talking about him. He's creating um, an MEI, event. Um, and what that is, is a minority entrepreneur Institute. Um, right now, 98% of seed money is going to Caucasian individuals. And, uh, he started this, that's a kind of a shark tank pitch. Um, and it's just helping elevate businesses that otherwise aren't getting funds. So that's an, an initiative that my client is doing around this cultural racial situation that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't have these situations of businesses trying to leverage an athlete just because of the color of their skin. But I do see it happening. Um, not something I agree with. Maybe there's a reason I'm not having those conversations because I don't agree with any prejudice situations. But with that being said, it's happening and it's not right. But that's how they're checking a box. Um, there's mm-hmm. there's one of the companies that was in this MEI pitch competition here in Dallas with Jalen. It's a company that actually does a lot of, it's kind of like a survey situation to understand what the racial feel in office places and fortune 500 companies. And it's just a way to figure out how companies are operating and what their true backbone is. I think that company is going to be utilized for most of my endorsement deals moving forward to understand the makeup of the business. That's a great diligence. Where their values are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it all starts from the top. And, you know, if there is an ownership change or, you know, there is a sit down or there's a CEO and he or she, you know, convinces you like this is the new culture, um, you know, that would be one way to do it. But I think in some instances, it's almost like using an athlete for that purpose. And and I've seen athletes in in actually in the fitness industry recently without naming names, uh, a couple of people have gone off a couple of high end instructors have removed themselves from some of the streaming platforms because the company was overusing them mm-hmm. in their marketing campaigns. And, and that was, they felt like they were being taken advantage and of. It doesn't, so I, I, it doesn't feel authentic, right? Like, I think that's why it goes back to the types of deals I'm creating. And maybe it's why I haven't run across this, but there's just a mutual interest, right? And when you have these conversations, like my client knows what the motive is. And typically the motive is just to hit more eyes, right? That's why they're executing. And this individual has that reach. I haven't ran into the racial side. 
Gotcha. So, um, you know, just for, for, for entrepreneurs that are on, by the way, on the MEI, we're happy to be, a, you know, we do, um, Dave, send, send uh, Aaron some of the uh, Halo Academy and maybe a case study on the, uh, the, the Planet Fitness. But we do two-hour case studies, like business school case studies on different companies in the sector. And I, I teach those as a case study method, like at business school. So I'm happy to do that with you and Jalen. You know, it's like great. part of like the, you know, whoever wins or everybody the Shark Tank could do like a two-hour intensive. It would be pretty awesome. I'm happy to do I that. I agree. That sounds um, awesome. Yeah, so just to give our, our listeners here who, like, we just got off the, uh, a call with Next Water um, and, and a uh, Kisa Water, and they've got a CBD water brand. Um, oh, cool. You know, and they've got some partnerships that they're forming. You know, what's the length of the term uh, of a deal that you try and put in place? And, um, you know, what would you say – I mean, it sounds like you got your act together, but on average, you know, like yeah, what's the percentage of happiness on these, on these deals? Yeah. Um, I would say most of my deals are one to three years and that just goes to showing the true authentic. It's not a one-off. We don't do a one-off paid posts. It's just not real. I have done three to six month partnerships, but the most are one to three years. And I would say I have about an 80 to 90% happiness rate. I would say the times that it goes sour is when the business is asking way more outside of the contract. And my clients right. normally willing to go above and beyond because they have equity, right? They want the business to grow, but they also cream, don't have. I never heard, I never heard yeah. of service cream, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just every deal I work on. <laughs> so yeah, no, I would say we're, 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 we have a very, very good success rate, but it goes into the due diligence, right? We're not just doing it because someone's throwing out, you know, a hundred grand to my client. So it's a, a lot that goes into it to make sure the deals are right. And it's not about the quantity. It's truly about the quality. That's awesome. So, um, you know, you seem like a, a pretty sharp entrepreneur from everything we've talked about in a short period of time. You know, you got any quotes that you live by or anything that's taped up on your computer or above your wall or like, hey, that's an Aaronism? Um, I have Kobe's letter right here um, that he wrote at his uh, farewell game. And oh, wow. um, I it was my first time at the Staples Center. And it was it was Kobe's last game saying when we were when we first met, I was just a kid. And that really stuck me just in the sense of where my passion for sports started and how it evolved into the marketing segmentation. I also just live every day that it's a new day. Um, and I truly am so fortunate that I get to learn about so many different businesses every single day. Um, on our business side of our agency, we work with no two businesses in the same category. No mm -hmm. two Italian restaurants, no two um, cryotherapies. There's so many agencies that focus on, hey, I'm the restaurant agency and I have five Italian restaurants. You're not giving them true value like you can't. So yeah. we pride ourselves that we have an OBGYN. We have a winery. We dive into their business, understand who their target market is, and then grow from there. So those are a couple of things that how I live my life is just soaking up knowledge and really learning every single day. That's awesome. So one day I looked up in closing here, I looked up uh, where the word client came from. Because I was like, I, sometimes it's like the word wellness came from a guy at the Mayo Clinic who was trying to come up with the opposite of illness. I'm like, okay, okay. I can change this thing to health, active lifestyle, outdoors. That's where we got the halo. Okay. Um, because uh, going from illness to wellness means like you're not sick. That's not really aspirational. So uh, we want to kind of level it up. But the word client uh, came from like the Latin term of someone under your protection. So it sounds like you are well serving your clients from this discussion and taking care of them and protecting them and making them better 
and giving them long-term wealth opportunities and, and basically protecting them. So great to meet you. Let's, uh, let's do some stuff in the future. It sounds like uh, it could be a lot of fun and uh, really rewarding. So thank you. Appreciate thank being you on. so much. All right, man, I know you got a 345. Great to see you. Thank you so much. You're chilling and healthy, man. I like watching that guy. All right. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Later. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. As we continue to build our Halo Talks email notification database, want to offer you a free $10 instant gift card from our friends at Promotion Vault. Also to show you how easy it is to offer your members and prospects and clients the ability to get desired actions out of them and reward them in real time, go to halotalks.com, put your email address into the pop-up box, see how it works, get a free $10 gift card from us, and uh, keep listening and making everybody great.